How's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real, featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dane. And we are back with something special. Something festive. For the holidays. Perhaps a holiday special? Perhaps. Run the Real Holiday Special. Ah, there it is. Instead of a Yule Log this Christmas Eve, you can listen to our show. Instead of spending time with your family, why don't you put your headphones in and go into the corner and listen to us instead? Ah, yeah. Better yet, connect your phone to your apple tv and play it for everybody to listen the whole family can enjoy this episode yeah it's life day (laughs) what yeah on this festive life day did everybody bring their ceremonial robes i'm always wearing my ceremonial robes And nothing else. He loves Life Day. Anyways, if you can't tell, we watch Star Wars the Holiday Special. Yeah, just in time for the holidays. Aren't you proud of us? We actually planned out something for once in our lives. How about that? Yeah, that isn't like three weeks after, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so Star Wars the Holiday Special was released in 1978. It's been pretty underground. I think George Lucas has tried to strike this from existence but has epically failed doing so. But on IMDb, it has a 2.1 out of 10. (laughs) On Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 33% tomato meter and a 19% audience score. 33? What the (laughs) heck? Is that higher than Kangaroo Jack? That's definitely higher than Kangaroo Jack. This is total BS. You know, initially I was opposed to that being our bar for how movies are rated, but it's really grown on me. It's kind of interesting, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to see where everything ranks. Man, we need to do this Kangaroo Jack review. Oh, Christ. <laughs> we keep bringing it up like The Last Jedi. Now we need to do a review. <laughs> Anyways, this movie was directed by Steve Bender um, and David Akamba. It was written by Rod Warren, Bruce Valanche, and three other people. And this has uh, most of the... Star Wars cast from Episode 4 came back and did this. This takes place between Episode 4 and 5, and the story is supposed to be, the main plot is supposed to be that Han and Chewie are coming back to Chewie's family on Kashyyyk, the Wookiee homeworld, to celebrate Life Day. But they run into some complications. There's a lot of other dumb crap in this movie. I'm just going to call it out. Is it just me, or did the did they call Kashyyyk Kazook? They did! <laughs> <laughs> Which, I guess in fairness, this did come out before a ton of the expanded lore did, so they were really working with nothing in terms of that, I guess, but still, Kazook. So these guys are like groundbreakers on like the lore of Kashyyyk then. Don't you even start. This is what it's like. This is like the first chance we've ever seen of the Wookiee homeworld. Nah, this is not Kashyyyk. This is Kazook. This is Kazook. This ain't Kashyyyk. This is Kazook, where the tree houses look like idyllic 1960s American nuclear homes. Yeah, nothing like a Wookiee establishment at all. Just like something you'd find back in the day when you walk into someone's house. But instead of people, you get seven minutes of straight Wookiee babble with no subtitles. (laughs) Okay, yeah, so it's not just me, right? This movie is mostly composed of Wookiees, yeah? Yes. And they're all just going, 
<laughs> and there's no subtitles. It gets worse. You got the little Wookiee who's like, eh. what a masterful storytelling of the visual medium. We don't even need dialogue. We could just watch <laughs> these Wookiees interact with each other, and through visual storytelling, I can tell exactly what they're thinking. Sure. <laughs> Sure. So the the Wookiee family idea was actually George Lucas. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to have something that revolved around Chewbacca's family. So the people who took over this, I've been reading some about the production. And I mean, it's just a mess from the start. It started out with uh, CBS approaching them and like, hey, we want to do a holiday special. And George Lucas is like, okay, these are ideas I have. And then he wouldn't budge on it and just, like, do it. Why is he so stern hmm. about this? Oh, jeez. So, George Lucas says he wasn't contacted about it anymore. Whoever played Lumpy is like, no, he was sent daily updates. What do you mean, whoever played Lumpy? Is Lumpy not a puppet? He's a person. Is there a person in there? Oh, no. They're all wearing suits. They're all people inside those suits. Oh, gee, I just thought the little one might be a puppet. I mean... That's a person. You know, I'm not surprised that Lucas left to his own on this one, and this is what it happens. <laughs> well, he just like came up with the story, it sounds like, and then they were like, hey, can we change this? Because this is a bunch of Wookiees just uh, howling at each other, no subtitles, nobody knows what's going on. And he was like, no, make it work. <laughs> <laughs> make it work. <laughs> so let's set it in the 1960s home with all the 1960s appliances and decor so that people at least know what's going on or have some semblance of it. <laughs> so that was the, the filmmaker's stuff there. That wasn't Lucas. I think Lucas was just the main overarching thing. Well, that's what they got to do to <laughs> appease Lucas and make it work. <laughs> That'll turn into it like a sitcom. But it's pretty ridiculous. Like, this reminded me of the old Willy Wonka movie. What? <laughs> and that's not a good thing. Huh? Hold on a second. What's wrong with that movie? That's a classic with Gene Wilder. Yeah. It's a classic, but have you watched it in the last, like, ten years? Nah, I haven't watched it because it's freaky. This dude goes over and plugs in a, a cartridge into, or Itchy, sorry, not the dude, Itchy, the guy who looks like a uh, Sasquatch. You mean Kermit the Frog with hair? <laughs> with his giant, like, overbite or underbite? Underbite, yeah. So this movie is, like, littered with these little short other... I don't know, segments within them. And there's there's one that's like a circus thing. Oh, God. With all these Oompa Loompas come out. My least favorite one, I gotta say. Well, maybe my second least favorite. Man, Lumpy loves it. He does. I don't know. Did it even show Itchy there? Or did it just do the real like bad zoom-ins on Lumpy every time? I think you're just Lumpy. Lumpy's the only one who cared about this. Itchy didn't care. Is this what kids watch in the Star Wars universe? Because this is concerning. That's what Lumpy watches. <laughs> <laughs> Granted that these uh, Oompa Loompa looking things look nothing like anything else in the Star Wars universe. I mean, this came after episode four. But, you know, at least the cantina scene that shows up later, that actually... Like, looks like Star Wars stuff. This just seems, yeah, it's so random. He keeps pressing a button, too, and, like, the trumpet guy gets, like, big and small. Like, 
Is it supposed to be interactive? Is it like a video game? I feel like he's like changing things like, okay, on to the next slide, you know? Because I thought he was pressing it to like turn it off and I was so happy. But then the trumpet guy disappears and gets huge. <laughs> yeah, and then he starts <laughs> pointing at the thing like... Like it's, I don't even, it doesn't make sense. Cause if it's just projecting the big trumpet guy, then he should just be like, he shouldn't be pointing exactly where things are coming out. Cause he wasn't like there in reference to the board when he was small. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Oh my gosh. And then the cooking segment with the dude who's like, Whip, stir, smash, whip, stir, smash, smash, whip, stir. Some borderline blackface in that segment. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I think that was some pretty racist. Some dude they put blackface on and gave boobs. It's like, you're going to be a black woman. It's like, uh, that didn't age very well. Like, I feel like, you know, in episode two, the, the what do you know guy. I feel like they made that guy to be like, this guy in the holiday special is an alien. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say it's just the quality of the recording that I watched. It was so low. Like, it just looked like a bunch of heavy makeup. I don't know. I was thinking the same thing when I was watching. I was like, this is very suspicious. Like, I feel like this might be one of the last recorded instances of televised blackface when it wasn't done in like an ironic comedy way. I thought it was some more Willy Wonka stuff. Like, that dude looks like another Oompa Loompa. Yeah. Well, now it is Willy Wonka's all get out. It kind of had more of an orange hue from what I could gather from, once again, I watched this on YouTube, probably like 260p. <laughs> Without this cooking segment, I don't think we'd have Elzar in Futurama. Because Elzar is totally just this dude, but purple. <laughs> but, like, that's actually funny. Elzar is actually funny. <laughs> I gotta say, I was, like, disturbed when he busted out his like third and fourth arm like i did not see that coming and it like <laughs> scared me <laughs> i just want to know what was going through these uh filmmakers heads where they watch episode four and all these are like practical effects you know these guys in suits these aliens that are in these different suits that look pretty cool and they're like hmm let's just paint this guy put some weird colors on him give him Somebody standing behind him with two extra arms that reach out <laughs> randomly. Hey, that's pretty good practical <laughs> effects, right? <laughs> but the guy's wearing like, you know, uh, an 80s workout garb, you know, with all these neon colors and spray painted hair. And I just, I just don't know what was going through these guys. Head. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they just like had all these like celebrity guests and they just had to like make stuff up on the fly to like, okay, we need to have them do something. Uh, do a cooking segment, I guess. A musical. Yeah. Because that's Star Wars right there. I mean, I feel like we as people missed the era of holiday specials, but all of the like satire I've seen of them has indicated to me that this is what the usual, you know, cash grab holiday special was composed of. Variety shows. Yeah, like a variety show. But again, mind you, I've only seen satire of holiday specials. I've never actually sat through a 1970-something or other holiday special. You know, just the further hone in what the heck were these guys thinking 
We've got to talk about when Art Carney comes over to the Wookiee's house and gives Itchy VR porn. (laughs) I am here for your pleasure. I did not like that one bit. Yeah, TV was snapping me and he was like, I'm so uncomfortable. And I was like, how bad could it be? (laughs) (laughs) You've created me. Oh, I can feel my creation. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my God. And it keeps cutting back to the old Wookiee going, (laughs) Oh, no. He's loving it. Why? You know, I thought, because I haven't ever watched this all in one setting, so (laughs) I thought people were exaggerating that part a bit. But nope, they ain't exaggerating it at all. (laughs) I did, too. I thought people were just like, you know, poking fun. It's like, oh, it's porn, you know. It's like... (laughs) They're just like making some gag for some weird skit. But then I was like, no, this is blatantly some sort of weird thing. When Art Carney shows up and telling Itchy, he's like, it's like, wow. That is the first (laughs) red flag right there. (laughs) Yeah, all those stupid um, little gadgets that... Um, I guess Art Carney, is that his name? Is that who that guy was? Yeah, that that's the actor. It reminded me of, we just reviewed Gremlins, like the bathroom buddy. That's what all this crap reminded me of. The guy from Gremlins being like, you want the bathroom buddy? Picture this. You're on the bus. You forgot to brush your teeth. It's a miniature aquarium. Isn't it incredible? We live in a society with light speed, but hey, mini (laughs) aquarium. He did try to sell the Imperial officer or whatever, that big humongous toothbrush. Well, the guy just (laughs) stole it. (laughs) Yeah, he just takes it. And that guy's got like the most evil voice in existence too. I hate fish. (laughs) He does. What is that? He's so menacing. It did crack me up a bit when the uh, Imperials come over and they just start destroying the house. (laughs) So sad. They come over to this boombox looking thing that Art has given. What's the wife's name? Mala. Mala? Yeah. And this Imperial just sits there and he's like, what is this? Show me now. Is that when Jefferson Starship comes up? Yeah. It proceeds to play like a five-minute music video. Can we just talk about how this was literally the worst possible time for anyone to book Jefferson Starship? <laughs> like, literally, Grace Slick, like, left the band immediately before this, and they didn't get Mickey Thomas back until April of the next year. Like, the two most iconic members were not present for this. <laughs> We got whoever the crap that guy singing was. I was thinking he was a little off. Yeah, yeah, that's because he's like the backup stand-in because the two main people were like in rehab or something. It's like there's so many effects on it, you can't even tell. Wasn't a bad song, though. I was kind of entertained by that. I like the guitar solo, I guess. Yeah, all things considered, kind of entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) And then like the song ends and the Imperial's like, I suppose it checks out like Clearly unimpressed. It's so weird. Yeah. All the Imperials just stop and watch this thing. And you gotta love how it cuts away from the music video to see Art Carney just leering over the guy's <laughs> shoulder. That's a good description of what Art Carney does throughout most of this. <laughs> He's just leering. Yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. Like all the little segments that are just in this movie that break it up and I don't know. I guess the cartoon is supposed to be what's considered the best out of this thing. <laughs> what? 
I don't think so at all. That thing is horrendous. <laughs> Did you see the that animation and that drawing? I mean, I'd also heard that it was the best part, but yeah, that animation is like, it looks like a political cartoon is what it looks like. Han Solo looks, yeah, like a caricature. He looks like a caricature of Ronald Reagan. I think. Yeah, and Luke looks so freaky. He has like anime eyes and nobody else does. And he has like, all kinds of, I don't know, squares on his face. To their credit, Mark Hamill looks like Ellen DeGeneres at this point in his life. I mean... <laughs> it's not his fault. He was in a wreck. <laughs> Mark Hamill is not much better than the animated one. You know, it is weird that he's like known as a voice actor, but I, I did not feel like he was really giving it his all for this cartoon. I mean, he probably saw the drawings and was like, wow... Okay. I mean, R2-D2 literally warps when he's moving on the screen. <laughs> he warps. That's like, oh. Now look, it costs a lot of money to draw frame by frame of something rolling like that. Why does C-3PO have a bobblehead? <laughs> Why aren't his limbs attached? Yeah, all of his like wires keep popping out. He's like Inspector Gadget with the extendo arm. I did think Boba Fett looked cool. He had like a third eye on his helmet. That thing was cool. Now, what is that third eye thing? What's going on there? I did not like that third eye. I was like, are you saying he's part of the Illuminati, George? Hmm? Is that what they were doing? Like, what is that thing? Is this the Star Wars Illuminati? <laughs> I liked it. He looked very menacing when he would stare down people with that eye. Ooh. But how about those dinosaurs, you know? Oh, boy. You know, they were probably the best out of all the animations in that cartoon. Did you guys ever see, it was like back in the 70s, weird animated movie called Wizards? No, but I want to. It's like the exact same animation style as this movie, as this like animated film short. I don't know which came first, I gotta say, but there's a dinosaur bounty hunter scene in that as well. That is uncannily similar to Boba Fett riding that dinosaur. Wow, suspicious. I know. I didn't, I thought it was okay. I didn't hate it. I thought the plot was kind of dumb with like the sleeping disease or something. It was awful. And like, you have to hang them upside down? What? Why didn't Chewbacca just like calm the base and tell him hey han solo's got infected with a disease we need to fix this yeah why did he start shooting at them and like flying like a madman <laughs> i'm just gonna say it was nice to have something with a driving plot in this yeah <laughs> that's what i thought like it's obviously not great but it actually has something that drives it i would say it's like top three things in this movie though like skit wise or whatever i mean i can't think of anything better than it i guess so I mean, it's pretty bad and at least the other things are funny <laughs> i don't know about that okay now you know what i do i will say my favorite thing is the tatooine bar thing like, what is that? That was so weird. It was like, this is a live, unedited take of Tatooine, and then it's like this a blatant skit. Like, okay. <laughs> Life on Tatooine, so we could all appreciate our lives more. I didn't I didn't like that guy with the hole in his head. He was pretty weird. I didn't like that he could drink like that. He's kind of creepy. I liked the end, though, when the Empire closes him down, and the bartender's like, everybody get out. Come on. Glabdar, I've known you forever. Come on, please just go. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody leaves. Yeah, that's probably my favorite-ish 
skit, I guess, if I had to pick one. Because I had, like, the most legit, like, a legitimately, I thought, kind of amusing part to it. Like, where he's like, I remember what you said to me. You said those six words. And I, I can't, I'll never forget them. They were so special. And then she says it literally to, like, the next person she sees. is like, come back soon. I'll be waiting. <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes, oh. <laughs> yeah, just puts his hood up. He's devastated. That was pretty funny, I thought, actually. But the rest, hmm. Not as much. At least the song was decent. I don't like that they <laughs> used the cantina theme for it, but if you just cut out that, that the song's decent. So I guess they had some problems with the people in those costumes. They had people passing out because it was hard to breathe in those things. <laughs> oh, no. So they had to bring in oxygen tanks to give them in between takes. Jesus Christ. Is it worth it? You know, that probably would actually benefit it for it being a Tatooine slumlord bar. There was just people passed out in the floor. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, look, that guy had too much to drink. He ain't leaving the bar. I would not put it past network television to leave an extra passed out on the floor during a take. I feel like Tatooine, the scum and villainy there, wouldn't give like any thought to the Empire telling them, you gotta go home now, there's a curfew. <laughs> so that curfew that gets put down, is that related to what's happening on Totally Not Kashyyyk? On Kazook? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Like, they're so far away. Because then they proceed to interrupt the show with, like, an Imperial message. Oh, yeah. A required viewing. All stormtroopers must stop and watch this. It's required. <laughs> yeah. So can we just talk about how the Empire is apparently using Star Wars cable TV as their, like, messaging system? But there's also, like, cartoons of Luke and Han and Leia, like... Rebel cartoons on the TV as well? No, that was on Lumpy's Game System. Oh, so was it like an animated series? I don't know what it was. That's what I'm thinking. I was thinking Lumpy's lucky he didn't find Itchy's VR porn on there. Why wasn't the Empire investigating his VR stuff? What Itchy's <laughs> been watching on the VR headset. They knew what it was. They wanted to go rip the head off of Lumpy's Bantha toys. No! <laughs> oh, yes. Man, how do we get a hold of one of those Bantha toys? That's all I want now is a giant stuffed Bantha toy. Me too. You know, I was thinking while I watched this, why would anybody want a Bantha toy? But now you have answered my question. <laughs> yeah. <Can't believe> <laughs> I want one of those. <laughs> You have answered my question. Any semblance of camaraderie we once had is now gone TV. <laughs> There's just so much bad stuff in this, and it just keeps going. Yeah, if you can't tell, we really don't like this, and nobody liked this. I feel like we're breaking a golden rule by even doing a podcast about it, you know? <laughs> like, I was telling my girlfriend about it, and she was like, holiday special? What? And I was like, well... <laughs> If you haven't heard of it. That's a good thing. Because <laughs> those of us that know try to repress it. <laughs> yeah, I did not know this thing even existed. I was a huge Star Wars fan growing up until I was in college. So probably about five years ago was when I first, I can't remember if Dan told me about this. I think so. <laughs> and then we went and looked it up. And we just fast forward through it. We're like, this is junk. Man, Terry's boss at the college told me about it. Yeah. 
That's right. I forgot about that. We watched like a scene from it that <laughs> worked. Yeah. We were like, what the heck? I think we watched Carrie Fisher's song. Her I'm coked out of my mind song. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So like, I'm glad everybody else noticed that she's totally on a ton of painkillers or something for that song. You could tell the first time that they talked to her on the, or she calls them or whatever. She's just walking around like out of her mind. <laughs> Her eyes are so glazed over. In the first introduction, she literally stumbles as she's walking. Like she looks like she's drunk. I feel so bad for her. I love Carrie Fisher, but man. I think the the worst insult is that canonically, now the Star Wars theme is actually just a holiday song for Life Day. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's about, about Life Day, where people use magical rocks to go inside a tree. Is that what happened could somebody explain to me what the whole, like, magic rock go inside the tree where the robe scene was? They're obviously cultists, and they use their magic <laughs> rock to have their big cult meeting, and, and Leia is the leader. <laughs> I feel like I blinked, and then all of a sudden, Wookiees are walking into a portal in space, and, like, yeah. I was, like, so confused. Like, what was that? Where did that even come from? <laughs> I think I might have glanced at my phone for, like... 30 seconds, and I looked up, and Wookiees are just walking into a hole in space and time. And I'm like, what? I didn't miss anything. It just cuts. It does like a crossfade to that. Yeah. It's like, why didn't they do that when the Empire showed up? Why didn't they just retreat to their mystic portal tree land? Yes. <laughs> Here's something I noticed, you know. All the Wookiees show up in their robes, and they have the congregation of them all going, at the same time, oh my which is an God, awful that noise. was so <laughs> awful. All just that you think Mala, Itchy, and Lumpy are bad for seven minutes. Then you get there, and there's like 50 Wookiees all going, <laughs> Yeah, they're all screaming. We already talked about it, but Luke and Leia show up. How did they get there so easily? The the whole like point of contention in this movie was, is Chewbacca going to make it to Life Day because there's an Imperial blockade? Yeah. And then they just show up. They're like, <laughs> happy Life Day, everyone. <laughs> Let me sing a song. <laughs> Why does she get to sing the Life Day song? That's not her holiday. Because she's the high priestess. Yeah, of their cult. Shouldn't like Lumpy sing it? <laughs> I wouldn't want to watch the Wookiee do that. <laughs> You know, by this point, I think it would have been okay. <laughs> this is just so dumb. Like, everything in this is so dumb. It's such a drag. Ugh. There's no driving force. So much random stuff happens. So many random segments come in. So many unfunny skits. Like, oh my gosh. There's like a robot that's trying to teach you how to like wire a computer. It's like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. That went on for so long. That sucked so bad. Like it was kind of like amusing at first of how complicated it was. But literally that scene is like 10 minutes. It has kept going and like the joke stopped being funny like 45 seconds in. Yeah, it was terrible. That's probably my least favorite skit. Well, and everything that... Everything that's new is bad, and then they used a ton of, like, recycled footage from episode four. Oh, at the end? <laughs> yeah, what was that? Where it zooms in on, what is it, Chewbacca? And he just has flashbacks of everything from episode four? 
PTSD. That's what that is. He's like flashing back to Nom, man. It's like, I lost that game of space chess. I can't take it anymore. He's like, Jesus Christ, I just helped with a terrorist uprising and then played chess to cope with it. <laughs> man, if any Star Wars movie needs like a remaster with CGI and stuff. Don't stop. This is the one. Lucas, go nuts. No, 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 no. Our job is to repress this. <laughs> I will allow it for this one. I just want to see anything. If you listen to this episode of the podcast, know that it's your solemn duty to make sure nobody else ever finds out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that this was canon for a bit until Disney took over. It still is, I think. Is it still canon? I do believe Lumpy and Itchy are canon. I mean, John Favreau's using use Life Day and the Mandalorian, and then the Mandalorian uses Boba Fett's disintegration ray from this. So that ray was pretty cool. I'll accept this. I mean, of all the things to take from it, I guess that's the best thing. You know, we have yet to have a debate over. Chewbacca's name. So since he has a family, let's see. They call Chewbacca Chewy. Then we have Itchy. We have Lumpy, and then Mala. So that makes me think: Is Baka a last name? Um. So is his family called Itch Baka, Scratch Baka, and Mala Baka? Oh my god. <laughs> I think no one thought it out that far. Yeah. Does anybody have anything else they want to talk about this one? I'm tired of talking about it. I was tired of watching <laughs> it. I'm tired of talking about it. It's just bad. Oh, my last note is that there's another great example of an R2-D2 hobo murder in this one. Oh, yeah. Like, he totally tries to poison Luke with toxic fumes. <laughs> like Luke's like, I told you, you gotta watch out for those fumes, buddy. And then he proceeds to spew them. And Luke <laughs> Passes out. Yeah, he's trying to have a conversation with these Wookies, and then R two D two comes. Beep, boop, 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 boop. He's like, "Stop, please, R two. I'm having a conversation. Yeah, a conversation, which includes the line: If I know Chewbacca, he's never missed a life day. <laughs> well, you've known Chewbacca for like four months, so. And I love how when they call him, he was so enthused that Chewie's family called him on the. Telefight, whatever it is. Like, when has he had time to meet Chewie's family? <laughs> yeah, they're busy fighting an empire. <laughs> Man, even when like they call Leia, Leia's like, uh, let me talk to Chewbacca, let me talk to Han. Like, she's like, I don't want to talk to you guys. <laughs> Who are you people, anyways? <laughs> That's all I got. That was the one scene that I was like, hmm. <laughs> I took three notes, and I don't know what this first note means. But I just wrote down Wookiee Ookies. I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm fairly certain somebody says the line Wookiee Ookies. That was Art Carney. Art Carney. He loves Wookiee Ookies. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I think he's supposed to say Wookiee cookies. Nah, I think he might be talking about something else because he's always leering in the background and handing out virtual porn to people. See, I'm fairly certain the leering is because he's really drunk for this whole filming process. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of creepy with, what's her name? Molly's like, come give me a kiss, Mala. Yeah, it's like, well, what do I get? Not yet. I'm not giving you your present yet until you know and then she has to like kiss him on the cheek and he's like that's nice my favorite girl i can't decide if the 70s were just a super creepy era 
or if that guy was just trashed for this whole thing. <laughs> Chewie better watch out or Art Carney's going to get some wookie ookie. <laughs> 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 oh my god. He was over there a lot. He was. <laughs> oh no. All the time. Oh jeez. He does seem very concerned about their welfare. They have a direct line to his shop. They do. That is <laughs> yeah. strange. Hmm. Something's happening there. All right. Well, if nobody's got anything else, let, let, let's hit some overall presentation. Yeah. So we've got a scale that we use to rate these delightful movies that we watch. And they go from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. So we all give a little spiel of what we think, and then we try to average it out at the end. I wonder what we're going to say about this um festive movie. So this is the first time I've actually watched this thing all the way through. I fast-forwarded it through it on youtube and made fun of it for years but this is the first time i've actually seen the thing all the way through and i watched it yesterday and i fell asleep while watching it and i woke up and it was almost over so i had to start it all over again <laughs> <laughs> oh no i considered just you know <laughs> winging it <laughs> yeah winging it but i was like no nah, i might as well this is trash this is absolute garbage <laughs> On all levels of filmmaking. Like, it's an insult to Star Wars. It's an insult to television, I guess. I don't know. But it's interesting what you said, Fox, how this was probably like how the holiday special was back in the day. I mean, we still get them kind of today. I know Netflix does some holiday special stuff with their originals. But I was going to bring that up, but I don't know if that would be much of a talking point. Because this is absolute garbage. On all levels, and it has to be burned. Burn it from existence. Yeah, I, I agree with everything Mad Mike said, uh, including that I too considered just turning it off and winging it. It was so bad. Like, you know, I could be doing work for my side gig, or I could be watching this. But oh man, it was rough. It was a rough day. And it is an insult to Star Wars and to people in general. Like, if you want to talk about a blatant cash grab, like, I don't trust any organization like Disney that owns 40% of all media in the world. But this, this is just <laughs> preposterous. I mean, how does somebody even, like, go into a boardroom and be like, I'm going to give this X million dollars for funding. People will watch this and then go home to his wife and kids and feel good about himself. I'm assuming it's a man. It was 1978. You know, not only is it bad, there's some mildly racist and sexist things in here to boot. <laughs> Absolutely burn it. If you listen to this podcast, please make sure that nobody else finds out about it. Yep, uh, this was bad, that's for sure. Um, it was terribly boring. The humor is not funny. Literally, like I said earlier, I think there was one joke where I kind of chuckled, and it wasn't like even that amazing. Yeah, I think this is worth burning for sure. Um, <laughs> this is so bad. Like, we talked a little bit about like disrespecting the old guard, you know, and the, the, the sequel trilogy to Star Wars. But I think this is an utter disrespect to Star Wars and its characters. It's not worth watching. Like, maybe watch clips on YouTube, I guess, if you're morbidly curious. But I'm going to give it a burn it, too. This thing is just terrible. Yeah, this thing's awful. 
I also considered not watching <laughs> before doing this review, just because the amount of times I've seen parts of it or watched people heckle it on YouTube, it's like, oh, I know it pretty well, unfortunately. I was glad I'd never watched the whole um, cartoon before, though, in one setting, and that, man, that's bad. That's got to be the worst animated thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but I, I'll say that I was casting this to my TV from my phone on YouTube, and I had more fun controlling the video from my Apple Watch messing around with that because I hadn't done it before <laughs> than actually watching this thing in, in like 150p resolution on YouTube. But, um, I think George Lucas even has some pretty hate-filled words to say about the holiday special. Something about going and smashing them with a hammer, if I'm remembering correctly. I don't I don't remember, but I recall that. But I'm not going to check because that'd be more effort than was put into making the holiday special. So this gets a definite burn it from me. It's the worst <laughs> Star Wars media pretty much ever made. Perfect. That's a burn it across the board. This might be our first unison burn it, I think. I hope you guys roast by the fire, you know, nicely with our roast of uh, the holiday special. <laughs> Hopefully our displeasure keeps you warm. <laughs> yes, yes. Thanks for listening to our holiday special here at Run the Real, where we subject ourselves to awful crap for your enjoyment. Yeah, happy holidays. So I think for next week, what we're going to be doing is starting a new category. Ooh. I know, we haven't done it in a while. Well, Star Wars was our last one, and that one was big. So I guess, you know, we needed a break anyways. And I know we had a listener who wanted us to do some musicals, so I think we're going to do a musical category. Yeah. Ah, something a little different. I wish I had like a musical number written down for this, but... Uh... <laughs> you know, I'm not too excited about musicals, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> They're Mad Mike's favorite genre of film. <laughs> yeah, I'm not usually one to go out of my way to watch them either, so this will be interesting. But I think for my pick, I'm going to pick Little Shop of Horrors because... Way back, young high school Terry did a report about the musical because he listened to the soundtrack. So I never watched the movie, but I listened to the soundtrack. What? <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? It's time to make up for it. And I want to watch that one for next week. Well, there it is. And if any of you listeners out there want to get in contact with us, maybe you've got requests or you want to tell us what you think about like the holiday special. Is it great? Is it terrible? I'm going to guess terrible. But hey, if you feel differently, let us know. Uh, you can hit us up at runtherealpodcast.gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Run The Real. Let us know what you think. Give us requests. Yes, we will get to them in some time. Yeah, please, God. Not that we're desperate. <laughs> Not that we're groveling or anything, but <laughs> talk to us, please. <laughs> Hit us up. Well, thanks for listening to us tonight, everybody. We really appreciate it. This is Run the Real, signing off. Mm-hmm.